sage and fighting the fight. He has fought cities. He has fought counties. Politicians. Naysayers. Hell, he's even fought mayors. Thank you for listening to Sage and the Houseless Movement, a weekly show dedicated to the news and views of the homeless locally and worldwide. And all other things considered homeless? Yes. Broadcasting live from your Alexa device, the Radio Free Network app, iOS, WMBU.org, Many Voices United, and the Radio Free Network.com. And now, from some wooded area in Akron, Ohio, here is Sage of the Rage Lewis. Yo, what is up? What is up? Hey, everybody. My name's Sage Lewis. I'm a homeless activist and founder of the Houseless Movement. You can find us over at Twitter at twitter.com slash houselessm. And I'm coming to you from the Radio Free Entertainment Network and WMVU, Many Voices United. I want to jump right in. A lot of times I vamp, but I got a lot to say today. And I have some things that you need to be educated on. Okay. Um, There's some interesting happenings going on over in Tacoma. And uh, I want to play a little bit of a video clip here. You obviously can't see the video, but it doesn't matter. You can hear it. This is the fourth day of this action. And we are not leaving. We have housed over 40 people. Our dream is to turn this entire motel into emergency pandemic housing. And we will do what it takes to get that done. Okay, so here's the deal. Let me set it up for you. I'm looking at a travel lodge. You know, I'm not an expert on how travel lodges are structured economically. But I think from what I understand, typically a hotel... Uh, works on three levels. So there's a corporation like Travel Lodge. There's somebody I guarantee is a billionaire at the top of the Travel Lodge pyramid. I guarantee it. Can you even believe that? A billionaire on Travel Lodge, but I guarantee it, okay? This guy owns Travel Lodge. I'm sure it's a white guy. It's always a white guy. And then Travel Lodge usually buys or rents a building. I don't know how it works on travel lodge. I'm not a travel lodge expert, but then they basically get people to run the travel lodge. And I'm not trying to be racist here, but I've been seeing in the low income hotels, a lot of Indians running these, which is great. I'm all for it. And I believe, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what this ethnic makeup of this guy is, but this is, you know, he's, he's a Middle Eastern type of guy. So you, so, so this is how a lot of businesses work, right? That the people at the top are making all the money and everybody else at the bottom gets, you know, the scraps. And this guy, it looks, I don't know if he's a first generation guy or second generation, but he's trying to live his dream. I mean, I'd love to have a travel lodge. I would, I would <laughs> much to my wife's dismay. I love a travel lodge, but this guy got one and I'm proud of him. It's good. So at any rate, Tacoma housing now apparently rented a few rooms from this guy. Okay. And they put in some, uh, homeless people in these rooms and then they didn't leave. <laughs> ah, 
that's that's the the laugh of a I don't know. Uh I don't even know what kind of laugh. I want to say it's a vindictive laugh, but it's not. It's just a a satirical laugh of the chaos that is America. I just find it wildly amusing in a sick and disturbing way. So, these activists put in some homeless people in the travel lodge and then they're like basically we're not leaving and the city of Tacoma needs to pay for these rooms. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy here, the, the travel lodge guy is like, oh, my God, my employees hate me. They want to leave. I haven't made any income because now my house, my, my apartment, my, my, my motel is just filled with homeless people. And it's a huge center of a of a crazy. I didn't ask for it. Civil rights movement. And uh, so morally. Before we go on, how do you feel? Okay. I think I set it up as um, even keel as I could there. I think I'm telling you the story without any other than my satirical, sarcastic, I can't believe America laugh. I think I've told it to you. How do you feel? How do you feel? Some of you, let me, I'm going to break down how you feel <laughs> because I know how some people feel. Okay. I'm going to, I'm not, I don't know how you feel, but I know how different people feel on this topic. So there's the free market people. that are like, I'm outraged. I'm outraged. Poor dude trying to run a business. And uh, these crazy nut job Tacoma Housing Now people took over his hotel and he's going to lose all his employees. And if it goes on long enough, he's going to probably, you know, lose his hotel. Okay. I would say if I had to guess, that is 65% of you. If all of America was listening to this podcast right now, or whatever, this radio show, I would say 65% of you are in that camp, okay? Then I'm going to say another, I don't know, 27.678% of you. Uh, another big chunk, but not, are um, wise enough to be conflicted. You, you're going to be, and you know, you're like one of these sweet people that are like, well, I, I know, I mean, this is so hard because the homeless people, it's cold and they need someplace to go. But, but you know, this, this guy, it's his, it's his business and he didn't ask for this. And it's, you know, this is a, this is, I wish this would just quit. I wish, I wish we could just, you know, I don't think this is the best way of doing things. I think we should do this a better way. And you are called a moderate. Okay. And then we have over on the, the sliver of the other side, the activists, the extremists. You're like, look, man, the hell that is America. This is the smallest price to pay of them all. <laughs> we have 
American citizens freezing to death on the streets of America. And I'm sorry, Mr. Travel Lodge, but we have occupied your motel. And I'll tell you right now, the city has money. They could easily pay you for these rooms. They got money. There's the CARES Act. Okay, the CARES Act, federal government's giving out millions and millions of dollars to cities to care for homeless people. And I'm telling you, no cities are using it. So those are the general three camps, okay? And we need to break that all down, all right? So let's let's go with the, the big chunk, you free market Dudes, usually dudes, it's usually dudes, guys that look like me, white, middle-aged. I think as soon as I hit 50, I'm no more middle-aged because I can't guarantee I'm going to make it to 100. Even my grandfather didn't make it. He made it a 99. I don't even know how old I am. 49, I think. I don't know. Who even cares? But yeah, guys like me. We are like white middle-aged guys, late 40 guys are like, look, man, it's not this travel lodges guy's fault. Get out of his hotel. Fight it another way. Find another way. And you know, the, 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 the enlightened ones of my ilk will say, yeah, I get it. Homelessness sucks. This isn't how you do it. Well, how do you do it? I don't know. I'm not a homeless guy, but I know one thing. This isn't how you do it. The assholes of my uh, people, my white male people will say, fuck the homeless. Fuck this lady and fuck all those people. I wish they would just all fucking die. Yes, they would. They would. And I'm going to say that about 50, I'm going to say of that, if you took that 65% number and you call it, make that a hundred percent, I'm going to say at least 65% of those people are in that camp. Well, over half. You're like, look, buddy, suck it up. Life is hard. It's hard for me. I suck it up. You know, I got feelings. Do I tell, do I whine about my feelings? No, I swallow my feelings like every other middle-aged white man. Okay. <laughs> so suck it up. It sucks. And maybe you should stop doing drugs. You know, look, I like getting drunk, but you know what? I can still go to work. So yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's hard to like disagree with that. I mean, you know, middle-aged white men are, they have their own oppression. I'm not saying I'm not, don't look, I'm not here to stand up for middle-aged white men. I'm just trying to show a little empathy to my kind. They, they, we all suffer in different ways. Okay. Kim Kardashian got her $10 million engagement ring stolen from her in Paris. They duct taped her mouth and hands and jammed her in a, in a, in a freaking bathtub, stole all her jewelry. Okay. That's legitimate suffering. 
All the money in the world isn't going to take the trauma away from that experiment. Okay? So just because you have money and power doesn't mean you are uh, immune from suffering. I think uh, white men have a lot of unpacking of their emotions to do. But they don't. Because they just go around sucking it up and going to work every day. And there's a certain kind of pride I have with my people that do that. Just, you know, I haven't, I haven't cried. I haven't cried. I don't even know when the last time I cried. I think I cried. The last time I cried, I think I was eight years old when my dad slammed my hand in the trunk. By mistake. I think. It was definitely by mistake. It hurt, though, and I had to cry. That was it. Like, well, does it hurt as bad as getting your hand slammed in the trunk? No, then suck it up. <laughs> That's what my people say. And there's a, there's a stoic uh, dignity to that. You know, look, it's hard for me to uh, just shed that off on me. That's who I am. I'm a, I'm a stoic white man. I don't cry. I yell. That's what we're supposed to do. What we've been taught to do. Don't cry. Yell. <laughs> then drown your sorrows in a, a bottle of scotch or vodka or gin and die at a reasonable age like 63 get off the planet before you start having to shit your pants and asking for help so embarrassing <laughs> okay so I, I i have a lot of empathy for that guy Okay, I, I know his I know his plight. And it's really, you know, he does get to take a bath in his money and his boat and his Mercedes and all that bull crap. So, you know, and he can afford therapy, but he won't go. So, you know, you're a little bit like, well, dude, you're telling these people to uh quit drugs, but you won't go to therapy because you know what? Why? 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 You're going to yell at your wife and kids and kick the dog, but you won't go to therapy. You won't go to anger management. So who's really better? Huh? Huh? It's cool to yell at your kids, but you won't go to therapy. Meanwhile, you're judging people that are like, uh, you know, shooting up heroin, just trying to peacefully die in a corner. You're judging them. <laughs> nobody, nobody yells at their wife on heroin. <laughs> unless, unless somebody brings them back, unless their wife brings them back on Narcan and then you, they're really pissed because they just lost their best buzz of their life, nearly dead or actually dead, you know, <laughs> then, you know, who can't blame them. You're like, why did you bring me back? I was just in the happiest place of my life. I wanted to save you. I missed you. Yeah, whatever. I need to shoot up again now. Look what you've done. So anyways, <laughs> so so we got that guy okay we got we got that guy and then we got the one that is mildly enlightened still hasn't gone to therapy but you know read a book once maybe even got a psychology degree in college because he didn't know what else to get a degree in and he's like look i get it man it sucks. I mean, addiction sucks. I'm addicted. I got problems with alcohol. I had to go to AA. 
Yeah, man. I want to drink a gallon of vodka right now. Who doesn't? But look, man, this isn't the way you do it. You don't just barge into the travel lodge and, you know, like freaking like, what is it? Like John Brown down at Harper's Ferry, except with a travel lodge. I mean, come on. No, that's not how you do it. Well, how do you do it? I don't know how you do it. Well, there you go. So anyways, but they always love to say that's not how you do it. They don't know how you do it, but they know one thing. That's not how you do it. And let me just stay on these guys for a minute because there's no way to do it. According to them, I would like to reference any sports. If you're a football fan, how irate you became when people decided to take a knee during the national anthem. That's not the way you do it. That's not the way you do it. (laughs) It's the most benign thing. The only reason it even mattered at all was because you made something out of it. Douchebag. Is douchebag offensive? I know it has like a feminine reference, but I'm really trying to find, um, you know, descriptive words that don't offend people. It's really hard. Do you, are you, are you upset when I say douchebag? Because I like it. It's good. Right. How about colostomy bag? That can't offend anybody. Huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. My wife's over there. She like, you know, every once in a while reference, you know, I think maybe I'll just start calling you colostomy bag. That's even worse than a douchebag. Okay, colostomy bag. It's a little harder to say, but it's still pretty vivid. <laughs> okay. I just need to I just need to invent new phrases. I have the ability. But yeah, so there like let me tell you something. Let me set the stage. I'm over at the smithsonianmagazine.com, okay? I got an article titled here, even though he is revered today, MLK was widely disliked by the American public when he was killed. 75% of Americans disapproved of the civil rights leader as he spoke out against the Vietnam War and economic disparity. The only thing that dude ever did was walk around and sing. That's all he ever did. And it was so embarrassing that Malcolm X like made fun of him. (laughs) The only thing MLK did was walk around and wait for the cops to beat him up. That's all. And 75% of Americans disapproved of him. Let me see what else I can read. According to the early 1968 Harris poll, a man whose half century of martyrdom we celebrate this week died with a public disapproval rating of nearly 75%, a figure shocking in its own day and still striking even today as a highly polarized political climate. I don't think 75% of people hate Martin Luther King today, do they? Who knows? I don't know. White racial resentment was still a critical factor at that point, but Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s unfavorable numbers were at least 25% higher in 1968. Then in 1963, and his faltering appeal over the final years of his life were also a consequence of appearing to fall behind his times in some respects, even as he was leaping well ahead in them and others. So anyways, uh,
the moral of the story is it doesn't matter what you do. Somebody is going to tell you, well, that's not how you do it. That's not the right way. I mean, you don't do it that way. You need to the white women everywhere telling black lives matter people how they need to protest. Can you imagine such a thing? I saw it though. I saw these white moderates. You have to be peaceful, protest peacefully, peaceful, 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 peaceful. And then the fricking African-American clergy, peaceful, we need peace now. We must have the peace. And then everybody, peace, peace, peace. And all these poor young guys and women are out here like, look, I have the entire world behind me right now. Yeah, well, be peaceful, be peaceful. And then they burn down like a, a Wendy's and everybody's outraged. You ever seen how expensive a Wendy's burger is? <laughs> Deserves a little <laughs> reparations. <laughs> Those Dave's triples aren't cheap, everybody. It's ridiculous what they cost. They chose well burning down a Wendy's. And I liked it when they, and I think it's, I think it's poetically hilarious when they <laughs> trash a store called Target. It's the best. It's the best, but that's not how you do it. That's not how you do it. That's not how you do it. Uh, today is January 1st. I watched. I watched, you know, the TV last night. I got the TV. Do you got the TV? Uh, if you watched that ABC bullshit on uh, Hulu, I'm sorry for your brain. That shit sucked. They do that now. I, I tried to watch the freaking Macy's Day Parade on Twitter, and that bullshit was like the cringiest thing you've ever seen in your life. I don't know what they're trying to do, make you think that the internet is sucky, but you still can't get the real show on, on Hulu. You got to still buy the bullcrap TV or at least get an antenna. I can't seem to make an antenna work here in my house. I don't know why. Maybe I need to put one on my roof. That's what I need to do. All right, make a mental note. Put an antenna on my roof. Okay, anyways, back at it. TV costs 60 bucks. Hulu costs seven. You do the math. So highway robbery. Get an antenna. Anyways, I'm watching these shows last night. And they're all about COVID. COVID, 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 And good. Yeah. This shit sucks. It fucking sucks. Do you know what they didn't talk about? Not once, not on anybody, not on any of the shows. Black Lives Matter. In fact, I saw some tributes to police. And you know why? Because of moderates, ladies and gentlemen. Moderates. A moderate's back in office. Joe Biden told us, he has told us before he even got into office to slow your roll on defunding the police. It's hurting us. It's hurting us. It's hurting us. You know who's hurting us? The police, motherfucker. Jesus Christ. Not one. Not one. I saw, uh, 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 like, I saw all these black people on TV, which is great. You know, super awesome, super talented black people. Not one of them mentioned Breonna Taylor. Not one. You know why? They sold out. 
You want to stay on this channel? You want to sell some records? Then you shut up about Brianna. We're not talking about Brianna. You're allowed to talk about COVID and you're allowed to talk about how hard a year it was. Here's the notes. Here's the talking points. Get them. Do you see it doesn't mention Brianna? Good. Carry on. This is it. And what I'm here to tell you is I would rather be friends with my fellow white men who are like, suck it up, motherfuckers, than the next people I'm talking about. Those moderates. Those moderates. There is nothing more dangerous in the, in the world than a moderate. And you know why? Because the moderate comes rationally peddling fear. Fear, when you are receptive to it, is the most rational thing you will ever hear. Okay? Give you a story. Uh, I'm not going to give you a story. It's too personal. Never mind. Um, <laughs> um, okay. I, I mean, theoretically. Okay. 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 I got one. I got one. I got one. Okay. I know a young woman who wants to be an actress. I do. She is beautiful. She's the triple threat. I'm talking, she's got the dances, the dance moves. She's got the acting and she's got the singing. She's the triple threat. She's super smart. She's beautiful. She's talented. And she wants to be an actress. You know what she's probably never going to be? An actress. I mean, maybe she'll like, you know, in her 30s do a, you know, community play somewhere. Maybe. But no, she's going to be like a doctor or a lawyer or a surgeon or something amazing like that. I'm not poo-pooing what she's going to be. She's going to be an amazing contribution to society. But what I'm here to tell you is she's not following her dream because the fear is saying that is insane. Don't be stupid. You know how hard it is to be an actor? And really, what's an actor anyways? I mean, what a loser. They don't even do anything. She starts making these rationalizations in her head, you see. And she comes from a very successful family. So imagine the pressure when she bucks the system and says, I'm leaving for L.A. What are you going to do, being a lawyer in L.A.? No, I'm going to become a waiter and I'm going to like, Try and get in the movies. Can you imagine? Now, not only has she risked her entire future, personal future, she is now scorned by all the successful people in her family. The fear is 
overwhelming. Every dream is terrifying. Every dream. Every dream. It's irrational. It's unlikely to succeed. Probably won't succeed. Could end up destitute and alone. I don't know. Working at Subway the rest of your life, which I don't know. Sounds pretty good to me. I really want to work at a Circle K. I just watched that movie Clerks, you know, and just romanticize the whole clerking thing. I don't know why. <laughs> just behind a desk watching VCR movies on the TV and, you know, flipping through magazines all day. I don't know. Talking to your friends that come in. Looked good. Looked good. Uh, that could happen. That's fate worse than death to a person from a lineage of success. So she won't become an actor because the fear shows you the reality, the reality. And I'm here to tell you that's what Joe Biden is to us. He's the fear looking like reality. I just want people to come together. I just want unity. I just want unity. I want us to tone it down a little. I want to turn down the volume. I just want everybody to come together. And people are like, yeah, man, that would be cool, dude. It is getting a little hot out here. I would like to just chill. Yeah, just just chill, man. I don't know why I'm doing it in kind of a falsetto Michael Jackson voice, but that's just what I came up with. <laughs> I know I can't do imitations or whatever's. I, I maybe I can. I don't know. I don't really care. Anyway, it doesn't even matter. But the 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 fear is coming into office. I'm telling you, you thought you hated Donald Trump, but the real demon is coming to office now. Because I'm telling you, we did not utter the word Brianna Taylor last night on any channel because moderation is coming to town. And Black Lives Matter isn't moderation. They're talking defunding the police, and we know what that means. It doesn't play well in the political spectrum. We have an important election coming up on the 6th. And I'm telling you right now, if you talk about defunding the police, you're just helping the Republican. Meanwhile, you're playing right into their hand and more moderation because now you're burying the lead story, which is the... Police love to kill people for fun. They love it. They love it. And they're going to just keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it because nothing's going to change. Nobody has the balls or whatever's. I don't know if that's politically correct to say anymore because it suggests that men are the only people that are brave enough to do shit, which is really a lie. It's totally the women that are actually mostly brave. So, yeah, I got to change that word. Have the what? What's a brave thing? I don't know. Have the crystal meth. 
to do something. I don't know. Anyways, I'll work on it. I got to work on new words this year. So look, we lost. I'm telling you, Donald Trump was better for Black Lives Matter, way better for Black Lives Matter than Joe Biden. Joe Biden's just going to put a comfy blanket on top of that and make it go away. Everybody's going to cool down, cool down. And our racism is going to, you know, just underground. And, you know, we're not going to want to see those uncomfortable uh, police violence videos anymore. We're, we're, we're like, just, we just need to, we need to come together. We need to come together. We need to come together. You know, I understand that these homeless people are suffering and I know that it's cold and I know that it's not right that they're out on the street, but this isn't how you do it. This guy has rights too. Is it right that we at, that we, we steal things so that we steal one thing from one person so another person can have something? Come on, Sage. Think, man. Think. <laughs> Here, I want to play a little video. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, here, listen to this. Not only, well, I'm, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. What I'm hearing is. All right. I'm, I don't know who this is. Steve Kiggins interviewing somebody from Tacoma Housing Now. You recognize they were concerned about the threats that they've been hearing and you've been hearing and concern that they didn't want to evict you guys and not send you back out in the street, providing opportunities should each of those people choose. Yeah, um, it was a little wonky figuring out each resident's um, specific needs in the moment under pressure. Yeah. Uh, so you see, I don't really know this guy's position. Uh, this name, this lady's name is, I think, what's her name? Skitter? Skitter, I guess her name. Tacoma Housing Now spokesperson, Skitter, this woman that's speaking. And so she has already succumbed to the moderate ploy of being like, well, you know, they really tried to work with you and they tried, like they're trying to get them into housing, but you know, are you really, are, 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 do the people really want housing? And she has to backpedal and be like, you know, it's a little hard under pressure to deal with every single person and get everybody in housing. So, you know, the moderate is this rational voice that people feel inclined to have to pander to. You know, we had various different options for them and routes for them. None of them were as good as staying in a ho warm hotel room with a shower. And then you can hear the moderate again saying, oh, yeah, well, you know what? Sometimes you just have to suck it up and you have to take what's available. You don't, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm sure a hotel would be lovely, but you're stealing the hotel that you need to take the options that are available. Um, I just think it's interesting that so many... I'm still trying to wrap my, my brain around the fact that we've housed people who didn't have housing in a hotel where those rooms weren't really being used anyways. I, I'm just like amazed that death threats are happening. So there it is. They want to kill her. They want to kill the homeless people that are in the hotel. They want to kill Skitter. They want to kill her for addressing 
the homeless population. And I would like to make a statement that I'm pretty sure the 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 professional football players that took a knee during the national anthem, they too were threatened with death threats. Any single time you dare take one stand, the status quo wants to kill you. Happening because towards houseless individuals who are just trying to be warm in the winter and the only people trying to help them right now. The cities aren't helping them like they should be. This has been a pandemic. This is So there's somebody standing up for people freezing out in the cold and the people are tr- are threatening to kill both the homeless people and the people trying to come up with a solution. It's been an epidemic in our cities for longer than what it's been stated by the city. Um, most of the people in this situation right now are staying on top of what used to be a Hooverville, like trash from Hooverville gets dug up. So this has been a problem for a super long Homelessness has never gone away. Like police murdering black people, we're only seeing it now because of social media. We buried all of this bull crap. Long time. So it's insane to me that so many people are just so angry and willing to kill people trying to solve the issue. And like... I also think it's a little ridiculous how many people are sitting at home on their keyboards, sending out hate messages, especially people who don't even like live here. Um, Like, what are you doing to solve this situation? Okay. So people are willing to kill the homeless people and the people standing up for the homeless people that are uh, squatting in this guy's hotel room. Okay. There's no talk about killing politicians that are, and I'm not suggesting in any, I'm look, I'm not, I'm not a violent guy. I am. In fact, uh, that's my deontological constraint. I will not hurt or kill anyone. I do not carry weapons. You're free to come and shoot me in the face. Free to will anytime you want. I've got nothing to defend myself. I am not going to fight back. Okay. But what I'm saying here is the enemy are the homeless and the people trying to do something about the homelessness, not the system that is making the homelessness happen. Okay? Because what you think is happening is that you think that the homeless are homeless because they did it to themselves. But what you need to understand is this is how capitalism works. Capitalism never reaches a hundred percent employment and a hundred percent housing. That ruins the entire supply and demand situation. You need the tension of unemployment and housing to make it churn. Do you understand? The suffering is what is at the bottom of capitalism. And I'm also not a communist. I'm, look, yeah, it doesn't matter. I don't need to talk about my, I'm not a communist. I'm a capitalist. Never mind. It's a whole different topic. But, What I'm here to say is 
that the system of capitalism is based on the premise that people suffer. Absolutely. A lot of people suffer and a few people reap all the profit. Your work that you're doing at your job is worth way more than what you're getting paid. Way more. Every hour you put in at work, you are prop somebody else is probably making twice what you're putting in, if not way more. And I don't honestly care if you're a doctor or a lawyer or a janitor or you're working at Wendy's. Everybody at the top is making money off of you. And if you aren't making enough profit for them, if you're just breaking even, they'll cut you loose. They'll be like, well, this is stupid. Why would I want to play this game? Why would I want to play a game where I don't make any profit? The whole thing of the game is I, I, I make profit. I sit at the top. I, I made the little structure and uh, it's like a Sim city. I sit back and, you know, I fiddle with it and I'm not saying I don't work hard, but I fiddled with it. It was my idea. I threw these people in here. I threw this property in here and, uh, people pay me and I make more money than I put out. And that's the game. That's the whole game. And I'm not, again, I'm not a communist. But I'm saying, if you don't understand the game of capitalism, you are a sucker. You are a sucker. If you think you're winning because you just got a new iPhone for Christmas, you're a sucker. Because the guy that's really winning is the guy that made the iPhone. And then you're like, well, he deserves it. I mean, no. Look. Jeff Bezos, look, I love Amazon, but all that guy is doing for the most part is showing me a product somebody else made and sending it to me. And he's crazy rich, crazy rich for doing that. He's a middleman. That's all. He's a middleman, a multi, 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 multi-billionaire middleman. Doesn't make things. He does make things. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously simplifying, but the Amazon model, you know. And what I'm saying is, why aren't we upset at the city? Why aren't we set upset at the system? Why are we insistent on killing the homeless people and the activists, but we have nothing bad to say about the system? And I'm going to tell you why. Because you get your messaging from the system. (laughs) You're brainwashed. The system is the savior. The system will set you free. And then you get to pick sides, right? Like you get to be a Democrat or a Republican and you can hate the other side. Your side's the best side. And those, if that other side would just get on board, then, you know, the world would be perfect. 
They're the same thing. They're throwing you little crumbs to keep you on board on their team. They have convinced you, if you're a Democrat, they have convinced you that Donald Trump and the Republicans are racist. Well, they are, Sage. No! If you believe that, if you believe that Donald Trump and his supporters are just racist white people, you are drinking the Democrat Kool-Aid. There's only, like, there's three main reasons people voted for Trump. Education level, where they lived, and religion. Okay? not racism. It's not because I hate black people because they're voting <laughs> and they think the Democrats hate them, which they do. Democrats judge these uh, rural Christians, the evangelicals. Democrats hate them. <laughs> they do. And so <laughs> we want to kill the, the person that is out of line with the overall system. That's exactly what the system wants you to do. Kill the football player that took a knee. Kill the activist that put homeless people in a, in a hotel. You know how many death threats I've gotten? I don't know, but I get them. I get them. Because I stand up for homeless people and addicts. Those losers. And meanwhile, these people have no understand what addiction is. They have no, they have, they, they have no comprehension. They think that addiction is a choice. <laughs> it's brain chemistry, man. Do you know I was thinking about my addiction? I uh, I don't know now. I've, I haven't drank in about 17 years. And um, I still dream about drinking. I think I could get, I could, I could start up a nice drinking habit right now. That's an addictive brain. Okay. I'm going to fight that the rest of my life because I have an addictive brain. Not all people do. You could be a binge drinker and just quit one day. And it's just because your brain doesn't create that kind of pathway that a true addict's brain creates. And so if you don't understand what addiction is and you don't understand that uh, even if you quit your addiction and you aren't actively working on not using your uh, addiction of choice, you can easily slip right back into it. I've seen people do it go decades and then go right back. Like they never missed a beat. Like they just quit drinking like two days ago and they start right back up. That's addiction. It's not a choice. You have to like fight it all the time. And the only reason I can fight it because I'm a middle-class white guy. 
I went to a middle class, upper middle class college. I met an upper middle class woman. She shaped me up, put me in an upper middle class lifestyle. Uh, I am loved by everybody in my family. My health is great. Uh, I have some anxiety. I take some pills for it. Uh, I don't need to have an addiction because I have a wonderful life. And in fact, I can easily see that my addiction would be a much worse life. Now I'm fighting overeating. That's, that's, I mean, I'm not too fat, but I lost 40 pounds and I bet I've gained 15 of it back by now. So I got to do something about that because it's squeaking out that way, you know, because my brain is wired to make pain go away by consuming things. That's all. That's what addiction is. So if you think that an addict is a loser, you don't understand the basic fundamentals of addiction and humanity. You probably don't even understand yourself and your own addictions. (laughs) Saw people knocking on the door of Starbucks on Christmas day. (laughs) Wanting to get their Starbucks fix. And you know, they jam a shit ton of caffeine in that coffee. That's what it is. There's no regulation in how much caffeine they can put in their coffee. Here, let me see. How much caffeine is in a Starbucks coffee? I'm asking Google. Uh, Let's see. Okay, let's go to the Washington Post. Five myths about caffeine. I am subscribed, bro. Never mind. Okay, let's go to the caffeineinformer.com. Starbucks has some of the highest caffeine amounts of any coffee chain. These charts were compiled using data from Starbucks in-store leaflets, their website, their app, and from independent laboratory tests. It's a big job keeping us up to date. There are over 750 variations listed on this page. Okay, so uh, let's just go on Venti, okay? The Fenty Pike's Place, 410. The Blonde Roast, 475. Uh, the Reserve Roast, 470. Okay. Okay. Now, um, let's, okay, so we're going to take a Venti Pike's Place, 410. How much caffeine is in a cup of Folgers coffee? Okay. Um, an eight ounce. Okay. Well, wait, wait, okay. So this is an eight ounce. Let's do, okay. I'm sorry. Let's do an eight ounce Pike's place. 155. Okay. A 155 milligrams of Pike's place. An eight ounce Folgers 95. Okay. 95 milligrams versus 155. And so If you scale that up, okay, so you take, I'm going to do it. You take 95, 95, this is the Folgers, divide it by one. No, divide it by what? Eight, I said. Okay, so that's 11.875. 
Okay. So let's, and now let's do the, that's, it's 11.875 milligrams per ounce of Folgers. Okay. Now let's take the Pike's place 155. 155 divided that by eight. 19.3. Okay. So every ounce of Pike's place is 19 milligrams. Every ounce of Folgers is 11 milligrams. Okay. So you're going to take 20 ounces of Folgers. 11 times 20. Nope. That's minus. Sorry. You probably already did the math. Too bad. You got to wait for me. 11 times 20, 220, ca- uh, 220 milligrams of a 20 ounce Folgers. Okay. 220 versus 410 twice. It's twice. Why do you think they do that? Because it's fun. No, dumbass. They're addicting you to caffeine. Sometimes I can't even get down my street because they're wrapped around the building so far. The freaking line at Starbucks is out on the street blocking traffic. They're jacking you full of caffeine. And so if you think you don't have an addiction and you're waiting in that half hour line for a venti Pike's place, you have some personal uh, uh, journeying to do, my friend. As you condemn the homeless person doing meth, and may I say, meth is exactly the same chemical makeup of the Adderall that you give your kids or you took in law school. It's just the amount that's different. It's like the Pike's Place of Adderall. It's the same thing. But somehow, because you're pretty and you're driving a cool car, your Adderall, your caffeine addiction is fine. And the homeless person's addiction is a personal failure. So then we get to the last group of people. Remember, do you remember we were talking about a story? (laughs) We were talking about the white men that were like, suck it up, get the hell out. I'm going to kill you. Okay. And then we were talking about the moderate white women who were like, it's complicated, but this isn't the way you do it. And then we have the small sliver of the activists who were like, fuck all of you. These people are staying in this hotel until somebody freaking houses them. Okay. And people are threatening to kill them. People, I I posted a video. I posted a video about this. Um, people said, uh, 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 um, oh, they love to say this. Why don't these rich white suburban activists use their own homes to house these homeless people? That's always their answer. Like a freaking genius. Yeah, let's just do that. Let's just put them in our own houses. I mean, do you understand how stupid that is? You're <laughs> Do you understand what you're saying? You got no problem with the highest incarceration rate in the entire population of the globe. Why don't you tell us to why don't you put the prisoners in your house? 
You know, why are you cool with that? Why are you cool with us spending all that money throwing drug addicts into jail? You're fine with that. Why don't you take the, why don't you take the, 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 the felons and, and house them in your house? It's a, it's an absurd statement. <laughs> why don't you take a dog kennel and put them in your house? Why do we have to pay for dog kennels? Why do we have to pay for prisons? Why do we have to pay for homeless shelters? Because a, uh, the city is never going to let you shelter homeless people in your own house. That's just ridiculous. And B, it's not the right setting. You don't have the right stuff. It's ridiculous. Then this guy, Rambo Bright, literally that's his name, Rambo Bright, Antifa destroying small businesses. It's not, it's about homelessness, asshole. And then Rambo Bright, I wrote back and said, it's not Antifa, it's activists standing up for the American citizens the society hates and refusing to meaningfully help. Rambo Bright then comes right back and says, then why are they fucking with a private citizen? Oh, right. Socialists don't believe in private property. They look young enough to get a job, but no, they are victims. This was my, if this was my property, they would be the ones calling the police. Housing now is tied to Antifa. Maybe you are too. Just come back. Antifa. 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 Unbelievable. And then this comment got six thumbs up. Police are are there and kicking them out now. Thumbs up. And then that's D's nuts. And then Eric Scott says, B all in all caps, BLM, AKA trash lives matter. Oh, is that motel five nights of rent? <laughs> And this is how we, this is how we devolve. We devolve like this. I'm going to tell you something as an activist, there is nothing you can do that isn't going to piss people off. I once yelled in front of, not even with a megaphone. I yelled in front of some lady's office and she came out and said, Sage, this isn't where you do that. I'm like, I'm on the street lady. This is exactly where you do it. Well, you're hurting my business. I am on the street. It's your fault. You put your business right here. Go away. She's like, I'm going to call the police. I'm like, please do. Let's talk about First Amendment rights. I'm not in your property. I'm on your freaking sidewalk. This isn't the right place, Sage. This isn't the right place. I'm telling you, there is no right place. For me, I draw the line, the, the Kantian theological constraint that I will not murder. I will not hurt another person. But this right here is a justified, brilliant, direct action move by Tacoma Housing Now, and they must keep doing it. I know that they got thrown out of this, but it's brilliant. This is a wonderful fight. It puts tension in the, in the mix. It allows us to see this issue for what it is. We must fight. We must not listen to the moderates. We must not calm down. Calming down is death to the oppressed. People, I love you. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Sage and the Houseless Movement, a weekly show dedicated to the news and views of the homeless locally and worldwide.